everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about finally eliminating screen problems in their home. For today's episode, we are going to be sharing an interview Melanie recently did with Pete Callender on The Pete Callender Show. And with Pete, she was discussing the history of Screen Strong and some key points about screen use, such as why 15 is the worst age for a smartphone, and how screens are overprotecting our kids and teens. We hope you enjoy this special bonus episode. And if you are local or willing to travel, we look forward to seeing you at our Screen Strong event in Charlotte in October. Please check the podcast description for more information. Enjoy. I want to welcome to the program and into the studio Melanie Hempe. She is the founder of Screen Strong, ScreenStrong.org, um, and she's a was a mother of four kids. And you're a registered nurse, right? You yes. uh, you kind of got uh, exposed to all of the uh, the modern technology problems with kids firsthand because you're raising your four kids Correct. what during the advent of smartphones. And I don't know if. Uh, it was what last week or so when I was talking at length about a lot of the uh, the screen time and how it affects the kids. And uh, somebody, I think maybe from your organization, or I forget, somebody reached out to me and said, "Hey, we got to get her on the show." And I so I looked I looked you up. I looked at your program. I said, "Yes, let's do it." Yeah, so great. Um, tell us first what is uh, what what Screen Strong and why you started it. Well, we started. Well, first of all, thank you so much. Oh sure, <laughs> yeah, me, yeah, having me come in, and we started because of uh, the story in our own home with our oldest son who dropped out of college because of his gaming addiction. And, and back then, we had no idea, what is this? Parents don't understand what this is. And now, fast forward, through the years, we've learned a whole lot more about uh, you know, screen addiction. And so we decided to raise our three younger children without video games, uh, the violent video games, right. and without social media and smartphones. So we did the first experiment, didn't work so well. And so we did a second experiment, and our youngest just graduated from high school, and they grew up without social media and smartphones, my daughter and my two sons, and they did great. So I took my nursing background and I decided, hey, we've got to break this down for families that, you know, really struggling. There's a lot of conflict in our homes over this. There's a lot of conflict between our kids and we don't know what to do. And everyone is talking about the problem and there really haven't been any good solutions. So we have the solution and it is that, you know, skipping all of those toxic screens, the violent video games, the social media, and the pornography, just skipping it through adolescence. It really is not necessary. So our organization is a nonprofit, and we educate kids, and we educate parents on the science behind this. So the name, again, is, is ScreenStrong.org is the website. You have a podcast called Screen Strong Families, yes. and you've got a a private Facebook group that I guess people can sure. like just uh, apply to, to yeah. get into, and that's called Screen, uh, screen Strong Families. I think I'm going to stumble yeah. over this word. <laughs> just remember uh, Screen Screen starts. Strong <laughs> yeah. um, Families. That's the, uh, yeah. that's the private Facebook group that uh, folks can get over. And you're also doing an event coming up next month, October yes. 12th, 13th, and 14th. Yes. And uh, I saw where this was. I now it's in Matthews. Matthews. Yeah. Yeah. And we are so excited. We do this every few years. And, uh, I do a lot of in-person workshops and, you know, 90-minute talks and workshops for schools and families. But um, this particular one, we have our physician partner coming in, 
Dr. Adriana Stacy, and she's an MD and she's a psychiatrist and she's coming in to team teach this with me. So it is going to be awesome. So excited. And you can get details at the uh, website. Yep. Screenstrong.org. Yep. All right. So the first thing uh, you're probably, you probably get hit with is uh, parents who are like, look, uh, my kid has been bothering me, begging me, yes. annoying me, pestering me. Yeah. Give me a smartphone. All my friends have it. You need to be able to communicate. I have to have access to the apps for all of my uh, athletic programs right. and the scheduling and the school and everything else. How yeah. do you, so how do you, as a parent, what do you say to that? Well, since when in the history of parenting has, first of all, it been easy, right? <laughs> it's not easy. But we know our kids are always going to beg for things. And so what we have found out through Screen Strong and all the work that I've done here is that parents have to understand their why. And that's what I'm so excited to talk today on the show about is just to talk about why. Why do we need to say no? Why do we need to delay? We're not saying no forever. We are saying, hey, we're skipping this. And yes, I know all your friends want this phone, but guess what? Our family's different. And I'm going to stand up for you and you don't understand that quite yet, but I am your parent and I am your coach and we tell parents, hey, take your parenting hat off and be a coach. And what would you do if your team was losing? You have to go back to the basics. You have to keep an eye on what they're doing. You have to develop their core. And all that happens when they are not on their phone and wasting their time on a phone. And so are they going to have friends? Of course they are. They're going to have much better friendships. So all these little myths that we hear really aren't true. And I have lived it, and we have thousands of parents that, could sit right here with me and give you their testimony of how, wow, I thought this was going to be the hardest thing ever to take social media away or to postpone it or, you know, push it back. And I thought my kids were going to go crazy. And, you know, they do for maybe a week or two. <laughs> right. <laughs> <anything>. There is, <laughs> because there is some level of withdrawal, right? Absolutely. If Especially you've already gotten exposed to the smartphones. You already have it. Yeah. So we're really big on prevention mm-hmm. because if you can get ahead of the game and, you know, just take a different pathway then you're good. But if you've already gone down the path and your 10-year-old's had a phone now for a few years and you're noticing all the symptoms and all problems, then yeah, you got to take it away. And so it's it's just like an allergy. So I used to, when we had new neighbors that would move into our neighborhood, you know, the parents would say, hey, can your kids come over and play? And I knew they probably had video games and, you know, crazy games and um, phones. And so I'd go knock on the door and introduce myself. And I would say, you know, we're allergic to social media and pornography. So I'm wondering if our kids could just play outside. And they'd be like, oh, my gosh, that's such a great idea. So if we treat it like an allergy almost, I mean, I try to break this down for parents, really simple. So if your child has a peanut allergy, you do whatever it takes. And that's what I want parents to understand. This is huge. This is a serious issue. This is not like setting a curfew. Mm -hmm. It's not like telling your kid, you know, if they can have long hair or purple hair. That's not what this is. This is very serious, and it should not be a negotiable issue in any home. It's just not designed for kids. And they do, let me just say, if they don't, if you are worried about their friends, they will have more friends when they don't have social media because they're all going to be at your house. You you will have to spend some money on some groceries because, you know, when kids come over, they're always hungry. <laughs> and so that's what we did. My My oldest son had very few friends. My younger boys have Tons of friends through high school. They were really involved in all the clubs, all the sports, all the things. They were that's how they had. That's where they got their social activity. That's where they got it. You know, and did they complain to me? Sure, they did. But they knew that I wasn't budging, Mm -hmm. and and I would just smile. And I had a really good coach tell me one time. My daughter's an athlete, and I had a really good coach tell me, "Mom, never get on your kids' roller coaster. They are very dramatic, and if you get on that roller coaster, 
you're doomed. She said, you smile and move on. Make well, your favorite you cupcakes be, and go. <laughs> and you have to be willing to be, quote, the bad cop in a yeah. situation. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, I remember my parents saying it to me, like, that's fine. I'm the bad guy, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I will wear that uh, hat, and that's fine because I know that this is required. But if you're if you're listening right now, can you imagine never arguing about screen stuff in your home anymore. I mean, that was the difference with my oldest son. We argued all the time. We set limits. I set the kitchen timer. I was the cop. I was the screen cop in the house. I hated that job. I hated it. With my younger kids, we just don't have to do that anymore. They got over it, and then they get a glimpse Mm -hmm. at what happens. Oh, my gosh, this is so much fun, like going outside and inventing games and doing Sandlot and having kids over and eating and making pizza and having, you know, fire pit night out in the back with all your friends. That is way more fun, and that's what they want. They want to hang out with each other, but doing it online is not. It's it's all counterfeit. It's fake, and it's hurting them. As we see in our culture, it is hurting them. We are hurting our kids because we're treating them like adults. They are not adults, and parents are hurting. They don't mean to. They don't mean. I was one of them. I made all the mistakes. Mm -hmm. So no one. I mean, there is no judgment here. I made them all. I made more mistakes than anybody listening, <laughs> but I also know how to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's about prevention, and it's about reversing that course if you're stuck. So now you, you mentioned uh, you know, the, the wisdom of a coach, and I hear that, and I think, well, if I'm the coach, I just trade. I just trade the play. No, <laughs> well, I'm you can't trade. Your I'm players. just kidding. I'm you can't. Tra- kidding. Okay, this is the all kind right. of coach you cannot <laughs> trade your players. Right. But let me ask you this, Pete. Would yeah. you allow another coach to come in and coach your team? I don't think so. No, probably not. And that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're allowing social media to take over the leadership role in our house. And social media is coaching our kids. Bad idea. So Melanie Hempe is with me. She's the founder of Screen Strong, website ScreenStrong.org. And Melanie, let's talk a little bit about, about dope. Well, no, <laughs> dopamine or <laughs> yeah. dopamine. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, dopamine is um, it's, it's necessary, right? It makes you feel good, right? Do you, people get a release of this stuff when they exercise, right? Or when they're, you, they're you, having a good time or whatever? Got to have dopamine. Yeah. You'll die without it. So okay. every morning when you get up, you got to have some dopamine to get motivated to get out of bed, to eat, to do all the things we need to do to stay alive. So it's a good thing. We need, we need dopamine. But when it comes to screens, we're getting way too much dopamine. So if everybody listening would just understand this one little point, it would help so much to figure this screen thing out in your home. And this is the point. The point is, there is a baseline level of dopamine that we all need. And we call it the green zone. And that's where we need to, to live. And that's where, when you exercise, when you play sports, when you hang out, you know, when you and I are sitting here in the studio and we're Oh, having, chocolate. I see a picture <laughs> chocolate. of chocolate there. <laughs> well, if you see on our chart, chocolate <laughs> is in the green zone. However, if you get too much chocolate... It goes into the it yellow. It goes okay. into the I yellow see. and then the red zone. And so dopamine is really good. But what happens when we get above baseline, when levels above baseline, and that you can only imagine, right? Drugs, um, video games, alcohol, smartphones... You know, too much chocolate, unfortunately. We get up there in the red zone, and if we stay there too long, this is the problem. And what's happening with our kids, since they have teenage brains, they are not fully connected. Their frontal cortex is not fully connected. It's not like they have half a brain. They have a whole brain. It's just not are fully you sure? Wait, are you Well, sure? I know okay. sometimes we think that they're, they miss, they're missing some, <laughs> some points there, but they are just not able to turn the ship around and get out of that red zone without our help so we understand as parents we understand the other thing the other big problem is when our kids live in that red zone and they're on their video games and their social media and their smartphones and just doing all sorts of mindless stuff on that stuff they're getting tons and tons of dopamine what we understand is 
we have to we we have to replace those high dopamine producing activities with real life again. And we also know, and every parent out there knows, yeah, when my kids are on their screens, they don't want to go outside anymore. Like nothing makes them happy. They lose joy in real life. And that is the science behind it. The other big problem is when you live in that red zone for so long, that high dopamine area, you know, for, you know, the games and the social media and all that, your brain becomes accustomed to this. So now your brain is starting to re-regulate. It's like, oh my gosh, we're making all this dopamine. So guess what we're going to do? We're going to go into a tolerance mode. And that means that now we have to have that high dopamine in order just to feel good the way we used to feel when we were in the baseline area. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that now you've got a little addict on your hand. This is where addiction comes from. And we know that 90% of all adult addiction start in the teenage years and this is why i tell parents this is the only reason this is your reason i have a lot of reasons why you should you know skip you know social media in your kid's life right now but if this is the only one just think of their future they are paving these dirt roads in their brain right now that are becoming super highways and it is our job to decide which pathways get paved Mm -hmm. and boy did i wish i knew this with my oldest son because Mm -hmm. we did it different with our younger kids and Pete, the thing is, we don't get a do-over with our kids. You get one shot to get this right. Mm-hmm. So you want your kids, and in our student course, we explain that we explain it in our parent course, but we explain it in our student course that was just released two months ago, and it is fabulous. It's for middle school and up, and they get to see these beautiful illustrations around dopamine and what this is happening, you know, what's happening in their brain. And now all of a sudden, you have some words. Honey, don't do that. It's too much dopamine. (laughs) We've got to stay down here. Let's go fishing instead. Let's do things that are producing really good dopamine, but it's not this ridiculous high amount Mm -hmm. that's going to cause the addiction. Well, and just like all other addictive, uh, uh, well, dopamine, well, activities, the drugs, yeah, the substance itself, just like all of them, that the, the longer you do it, the more you need because it's no longer giving you that fix. And the That's companies right. that develop the games or the de- they're developing the social media, they know this too. And so they're constantly trying to uh, to give you these micro doses at every level. I mean, from things uh, that are Pavlovian, like the bells that go off when you get something or get a notification or get some Everything coin is or engineered something. that way. Right. It's all developed yeah. specifically for that purpose. And so I want to tell parents, Don't be so mad at the big companies. Everybody used to ask me, don't you want to go shut everything down? I'm like, no, no, I I don't want my kids to smoke, but that doesn't mean I'm going to shut down big tobacco. I'm just not going to allow my kids to smoke, right? And I don't want my kids to be victims and I don't want them to be pitiful. I want them to say, no, we're just not doing that right now. And when you're older and when your brain is developed and you've got the connections all there, you know, then we'll talk about some social media. My boys just graduated from high school. They did not have a smartphone. They had a basic phone, talk and text only. That is all they needed. They did not have social media. They just started college. Guess what? They didn't binge and go crazy. They still don't have social media. They're like, it's not my thing, right? Mm -hmm. So we develop these other pathways in their life. And it's because of that dopamine. The dopamine is the villain in the story. Mm -hmm. It's not your kid. And it's really not big tech. It's the dopamine. It's what happens in their brain in that pathway. And we go over all this in the course. Oh, my gosh. It, It is so well. It's very simply explained. And I believe that if parents get this message... They will have their why, and they will make tremendous changes in their home, and they will get their kids back. Their house won't be so, you know, full of conflict like ours was for so many years. And you figure it out, 
And once you figure it out, Pete, you don't ever go back, mm -hmm. you know. And our kids will have plenty of time the rest of their life to get on social media. We are not. How long did it take you to learn how to do social media, right? Just like a few minutes to use your phone. Yeah. You know, Twitter they don't was, need 16,000 yeah. hours, right? Right. I, I don't, I don't no. think you need I mean, that's probably how much hours. I've done on Twitter since 09. But yeah. Well, yeah, but your brain is <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah. Your brain's done. Screenstrong.org. Well, don't tell my brain that. All right. Screenstrong.org okay. <laughs> is, uh, is the website. But uh, Melanie Hempy is the founder of it. Uh, when we come back with her... Um, we're going to talk about the difference between iPhone and Android because there is a difference you told me about I was not aware of uh, and what are some filters that parents can use. My guest is Melanie Hempe. She's a registered nurse, but she's also the founder of ScreenStrong, ScreenStrong.org. They have tons of uh, material and support and uh, help for parents and also uh, kids that are trying to break this addiction that kids have with their screens. And um, you mentioned that your oldest son um, was uh, addicted to the video games. Right. So I got a, uh, an email from Jay asking, how is he, how is he doing now? Because he, ah. he didn't get the advantages that no, your other three kids got when you got him off of the, the screen time. I tell him often that he saved his siblings. <laughs> mm. So um, Adam is doing great. In fact, what happened when he came home, and, and thank you so much for asking about him. Um, when he came home from college, uh, he was at NC State, actually. I drove him home. I realized something was wrong with him. He knew something was wrong. He ended up not going back to school, but he enlisted in the military, and mm. he was in the Army for five years, and he went to Iraq. And you know what happened to him, Pete, was he had 14 weeks of a detox. Yeah. It was called basic training, right? <laughs> where he did not have any, you know, he jokes and he says, I didn't even have my own underwear. I had nothing. I had no screens. I had nothing. And that really reset his brain. And that's what parents have to do. And we have a 30 day detox that is free on our site. And so we, we, you know, a lot of my friends said, how did you do that? How did you call? And I'm like, look, when you have a child who is struggling with this, you will do anything to get them back on track. And I will say, I'm not saying everybody has to do that, but I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know what to do. He was on my couch. I'm like, oh my gosh, he, he, he wouldn't launch. He was still playing video games on my couch. And that's a whole nother story. But he came back on the GI Bill and he finished school. And I'm happy to report that he actually just graduated from law school and passed oh, his wow. bar. And he just sent me the certificate two days ago. I'm so proud of him. Congratulations. So, That's you know, good. And really Happy smart ending. kids, really yeah. smart kids get in trouble with this. Super so, smart kids. right. And so, and what happens is, and you've got this listed, um, at, uh, at, in, in your book, I guess, right. Mm -hmm. uh, and our books are on our site as well. Screenstrong.org. Screen yeah. Building a personal brand causes stress and anxiety. I read that one. And because of the line of work I'm in, it's like, I totally relate to Doesn't that. Doesn't it make you stressful? Yeah. All, I mean, imagine if you're 14 years mm -hmm. old, getting up every day, having to worry about what you're wearing, all of your selfies, all the posts, all the things, all the tag. I mean, it, and they're all trying to be famous, mm -hmm. right? That's the big thing. They are exhausted. And I tell people, when it, like, when, like I, it was one of the things my wife and I first started dating. You know, when I go out, if I'm, we're going out someplace, it's a work event. Right. Everything's a work event because right. if I'm right. out and about and, and somebody, money, anybody recognizes oh me, it becomes yeah. a thing. Yeah. So um, you're always yeah. on the clock and there's no downtime. Well, so, did you know that the... Statistics and the studies and the science around rejection pain is that rejection pain is the highest for 15-year-old girls. And that means they feel the deepest pain for rejection at that age. And then we give them a smartphone mm -hmm. and we give them social media and they are rejected every day. And people ask me about that with my kids. You know what? My younger kids were never rejected on social media. 
because they know they were never on it. Yeah. So you bypass all that, but it's chronic stress. It's an attachment disorder. If I could sum it all up, we got the dopamine way up there in the number one spot. But if I could sum it up, our kids are detached from their families. So our whole country is experiencing an attachment disorder. They are lonely. They are lost. They are stressed. They are getting stuck and their parents aren't rescuing them and we have to rescue them. They have stunted communication skills. They have a lack of empathy. They don't get enough sleep. Um, They're at higher risk for depression and suicide. Um, You talk about the physical safety when driving, that that, that, that's an issue, all of the And physically, the obesity and Mm -hmm. all, they're not exercising. And you know how you feel when you don't move and you don't exercise. I think that another key point here is they're overprotected. And when I first started this organization, people would criticize and say, oh, you're overprotecting your kids. You're not giving them social media. And I'm like, no, sorry, you're overprotecting your kids. <laughs> because I knew I was overprotecting Adam when he was my oldest, you know, with my oldest. And with, with this idea of overprotection, when a kid is on a phone, parents are tagging them, they're tracking them, they're, follow, they're, they're in constant contact. So our kids don't get a chance to figure out how to fix problems, how to do life. This is the free play argument. It's the free play that you were talking about before. Yeah. And, and when you were talking about that before, I just have to say really quick, my boys, my twins, the ones that didn't have a smartphone at the time and they didn't have a, even a basic phone at the time, they were on a baseball team and um, they were practicing and it was raining. And so parents had to go pick the kids up. Well, they couldn't text me, right? Because they didn't even have that. So guess what they had to do? They had to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. And I finally, you know, I saw it was raining. I, I you know, they, they trusted me. They knew that I would figure it out. I eventually got to the field and this mother gets out of the car and it's pouring rain and she's got her phone and she's calling her son and she's like, honey, I'm here. I'm mm-hmm. here. And I'm like, wow, if our kids can't even manage a rainstorm, right. we're in big trouble. Well, that's why they end up with these classes, adulting classes, yeah, yeah, to yeah, teach yeah. kids how to change yeah. a tire or how to drive their niece and nephew to an amusement park and not lose them. You know? So you've got to do all those life skills when they're young. And, and, and that's when we learn it best. Mm-hmm. And if we don't learn it, we're stunted. And then we end up with college kids who can't do their laundry and, and don't know how to do anything. So you've got to start all these skills. And I told my younger boys, I, I had a whole list of life skills. And I said, when well, y'all can do all these things, and I had all these things listed from you know, their laundry to all these things, then you can get a phone. And they read it, and they looked at it. They were like in sixth grade, and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is going to take me until I'm 18 to do all that. And we're like, yes, that's the point. Exactly. <laughs> winner, winner. Exactly. That's the point. Only, and it's only 48 months of high school. We can do anything for 48 months. Think about that. Mm-hmm. 48 months without social media. Sounds like heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like heaven. Well, and I, I, I do wonder, though, is this... I mean, I I agree with you, but I hear and like we are speaking from a dare I say it a position of privilege because we grew up without it. Yeah, we remember, which is I would say one of the best things about Gen X is that we remember the before times. Yeah, yeah, and we don't have to, like we, we didn't have a choice. Right, we didn't have somebody making that choice for us. But now, so we it's have easy to. for us to say it now because yeah. we didn't have to decide, or our parents didn't have to decide That's to take this right. stuff from us. But they just opened the back door and we played till, you know, yeah. and I know people are sick of hearing that, but, and it's not all bad. Technology is great. Mm-hmm. We use it a lot to get the word out here. You know, you use it. We're using it right now. It's all great, but it's too much and it's too soon for your child. And when you think about it in terms like that, that it's okay. It's not, we're not going to vilify technology and social media and all the things, but it's not for right now. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes our kids worse. It doesn't make our kids better. It doesn't make them stronger. It makes them weaker. 
And if you measure on every area that we can measure, they're doing worse when they are on their phones for seven to nine hours a day. And it just makes logical sense. So um, let's talk a little bit now about some uh, solutions, because as I like to say on the program, I am all about solutions. Um, one of the things that I uh, was I had never heard before, before you got on the air, we were talking and you said, iPhones are so much worse than Androids, which I just say put yeah. a period at the end of that sentence because I agree <laughs> I'm an Android user. No, I'm kidding. But why are why are iPhones so much yeah. worse than Android? Yeah, and, and for kids. And, and, and this is not my opinion. This is a fact. All right? This is a fact. Uh, iPhones are much harder to work with parental controls. Okay? Mm. That's just the way they're made. That's the way they're wired. The The browser is all embedded in the software in the iPhone. It's very difficult to take it out. In fact, it is impossible. You can't remove it. On, a, on an Android, you can do a lot more with parental controls than you can on an iPhone. We hear this every single day. Parents are calling me. They're coming talk to me, and they're like, oh, my gosh, he, my, my kid got around this, and I did this, and I followed this. And then, you know, all he's doing is Googling the next hack, right? Mm-hmm. And so what you're trying to do is less, not more. You're trying to give your kid the most basic thing. And even if you are going to give them a smartphone at some point, you want to start with, you know, the training wheels. You don't ever want to start a kid on a, on a smartphone. You want to start them on a basic phone. What, and, so do you have any ideas or suggestions for the, right, the brands? The, or? Well, the one that I stand by, I still stand by, is on our website. You can go under our resources, under phone solutions, and it's the Gab phone. And, um, and we love G-A-B them. G-A-B phone? B, Gab? G-A-B-B, yeah. G-A-B-B. And we love them because they don't have a browser at all whatsoever. You're going to find other kid phones out there and there's a huge market and all this stuff is happening. And I have at my um, home, like I get everybody's sending me their phones. So I try them all out. And if there is a browser on it, even if you think it's all locked up, there's a way your kid is going to get to it. So you want to start with the most basic. Verizon. By the all- way, Xbox has browser. Absolutely. And that's the other problem browsers. with all that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. See, most parents don't know that. Mm-hmm. Verizon has just come out again, or they were, they're just carrying again a flip phone that is voice and text only. That's the key. You want to look for no data. That's what they need to start with. The other thing is we want people to bring back their home phone and keep it in the kitchen. And so when your kids are 10, 11, 12 years old and they're going somewhere, let them use it and bring it back and plug it in. They don't need it on their body 24 hours a day. This is where they're getting into a lot of trouble. But iPhones typically don't play well with others. And uh, the favorite filter that we use right now that we recommend is called Canopy. And that's also if you go to our website, look at resources, look at the phone solution. Um, Canopy is fascinating, and I test this all the time, right? So I have tested them all. This one came across my desk. I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen because it's AI, and it blocks images before they get to your device. Most other parental controls will alert you when your child sees something. But I don't want my kids to see something. So we have a a family. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So we have the, the... Family thing where we have 10 devices. It works on the computer, on the Chromebook, on everybody's phone. So at our house, everybody has Canopy on their phone. Even my boys that just went off to college, they love it. And, and this ties right in to, uh, you know, are your kids going to go crazy and binge when they go to college? Aren't they going to get their own account? You know what? They didn't. And, and part of it is because they're part of our team. And we are a family. And we are a team. And this is what our relationships are so much better now that we got you know, rid of this stuff, you mm-hmm. know, for now in our house. And they don't binge and they don't go crazy. This is a big thing parents are so scared about. And so you've got to realize that you are building champions and this is what a good coach does. And this goes right into our prevention tip. So let's do this really quick. Yeah. So the first thing is to think like a coach. And this is really good for mom and for dad to think, okay, 
yeah, my team's doing really well. What does a good coach do? They go back to the basics. They make things very simple, right? And, and there's like no privacy. Like they know what their team is doing even on the weekends. And I'm very familiar with how this works. My daughter was a D1 athlete. <laughs> and so I'm very familiar. And it's uh, good coaches are very strict. And everyone will say, oh, yeah, my favorite person in high school was my coach because they, they were so strict and they really set that bar high. Well, because it means they care. Because that's love. Right. Because that's how we tell our kids that we love them. The second thing is to intervene early. When you have that gut feeling that something is wrong, that your kids, that is becoming out of balance, like it's the only thing they want to do. That I always tell parents, easy way to think about it is, if it's their number one go-to free time activity, you are in trouble. That is a warning sign. If they can't list three things that they like better than their phone or their game, then you're in trouble. So you got to intervene early and know those warning signs, and those are on our website too. You've got to restrict access. This is super important. When you're dealing with any addictive substance or activity, the only way to prevent it is to restrict it. It is not, oh, honey, let me give you a bottle of vodka and then take it to school, but I'm going to tell you how much to drink. No, 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 no. All that kind of, you know, balancing and trying a little bit here, it doesn't work. And, and we know from the science that the people who have the most resilience, the people who have the best willpower and the best self-control are the ones that stay as far away from the temptation as possible. Our kids, for example, don't get, uh, you know, used to not looking at porn by looking at porn. Like, that's not how you teach them. Mm-hmm. You, you remove the access. And it's only for a period. And like I say, 48 months of high school is super easy to do. You want to build grit. So you got to think about this as a prevention. What, what are your kids doing right now where they have to build grit? And what I mean by that is what are they doing where they're working hard, where they have stretch goals, where they're doing impossible things that they think they could never do. Those are the things we need to focus. Certainly, it's not social media because anybody, a four-year-old, can do that. You want to raise the bar. This is the next tip. You want to raise the bar. You don't want to compromise. You don't want to say, well, everybody's doing it. Tech is here to stay, and I guess we're all kind of going you know where. No, 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 no. That's not what you want to do. You want to be a good coach, and you want to set the bar high. A good coach doesn't come in and say, oh, I guess we're going to just all strike out today, guys. It's okay. No, it's not okay. You set the bar high. You have a lot of grace, mm-hmm. but you set the bar high. If you don't have a high bar, then ha- you're never going to hit. You're never going to hit it. So they don't need social media through high school. And honestly, they don't need a smartphone because they're going to get on social media. So what of the K, uh, wait till eight? Uh, you're not a fan. No, no, I am not a fan. I think eighth grade is the worst time that you can give your child a phone. If you had a dartboard and you had the center, it's the worst time. It is because your fifth grader doesn't use your phone even like an eighth grader. It gets worse. They're searching for things. They're searching for suicide now. They're searching for self-harm. They, their searches change. and They use their phone differently and they get very private and they start hiding everything from their parents. It is the worst time to give them a smartphone. I say put a one in front of it, make it 18, and you're good to go. Um, create your community. Screen strong, that's what we want to do. We want to get people in a good community. That's what we're all about. You've got to focus on life skills. You've got to pay close attention to what your kids are doing. You've got to keep them active, keep them busy, keep their schedules full. Don't worry about overscheduling them. They're fine. They're not going to be overscheduled. And then finally, that, that last prevention tip is really know your kids, spend time with them. And every screen addiction out there, if you're struggling, please contact us. But if you're struggling, if you spend more time with your kids, it's going to really, really help. The website is ScreenStrong.org, ScreenStrong.org. You've got um, this conference coming up or this event coming up uh, October 12th, 13th, and 14th. The Thursday, the 12th is for students. The uh, 13th is the parents' event. And then uh, 
uh, Saturday, yeah. there's a training to become yes, ambassadors. Yes, we have an ambassador program. If you want to give this message out in your community, we also have our student course. Please, if you are connected to any schools out there, let us know. We have a fabulous curriculum for schools that covers all this brain science and all the things that your kids need to know about Melanie Hempy, thank you very much. Thank you. Pleasure to meet you. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me.